Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. My friends, I've been doing this now for 34 years. I get up every day and I think to myself, what, what do I need to say to people? What do they need to hear? And um, many times it frustrates me because they need to hear the same thing. And, you know, it's a radio show. You can't give everybody the same stuff every single day. Uh, they won't listen. But I do have to share a story with you, a story about a, a preacher. And uh, a church decided to hire a preacher, a new preacher, and they brought this guy in, and he, he came highly recommended. And he comes in the first day, and first Sunday, and gives a really vibrant sermon. And everybody was excited about it, and a lot of comments. You know, hey, it was really good. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. And so it goes on through the week. The next week comes up, and he gives another sermon, but it's the exact same sermon. And they thought that was odd, you know, and uh, they thought, okay, well, maybe he just made a mistake. He got his notes wrong, whatever, but let's not get on him. It's, you know, it's only his second week. Maybe he's a little nervous. So they wait to the third week, and the third week, he gives them the same sermon again. And finally, the elders of the church are getting a little worried here that, you know, they're wondering, maybe that is his only sermon. It's the only one he has. Uh, we need to talk to him. So they pull him aside and say, sir, What's the deal? Why have you given pretty much the exact same sermon the last three weeks in a row? And the guy said, you know, this is the pastor speaking now. He said, I figure I'll keep giving the same sermon until you guys understand it and take action on it. So there it is. I have to keep giving the same sermon for 34 years now. Sometimes it's don't buy. Sometimes it's buy conservatively. But right now the sermon is buy extraordinarily fast because the market has turned. We have been screaming, it's going to turn, it's going to turn, it's going to turn, and now we are looking at it being turned. Now, I don't like telling people that I've had great fortune because it doesn't play well. I understand that it could make you more upset and unhappy than it makes you excited to do something. And I don't like motivation because I hate pushing people to do stuff. I like inspiration. Say, hey, look at this. So I'm going to give you some inspiration. I've looked at about 20 or 30 deals a month for the last two or three years. I bought one here and one there and one here and one there. I continue to buy. But a month ago, come November of this year, the deals were unlimited. I started seeing stuff falling out where people were offering stuff 10 million below market price, 10 million before what they had it listed for. I'm seeing deals falling out left and right that are incredible deals. And yet I'm not seeing as many people going after them as I'd like. Um, 
I've got a guy here who sent me an email. I'm going to read the email to you. He says, I've been with Lifestyle since 2020, so that's three years ago. I'm an aspiring lead investor, which means he's taking the classes, wants to be a lead, a syndicator, and he's waiting to do his first deal, so he's being handled with mentors very closely with everything he does. Um, I just wanted to thank you for the, the, mind, or the mastermind session you had a couple days ago. All the things you said about the market and the practices of brokers, sellers, etc., really resonated with me, and I have been witnessing it since I became an aspiring lead investor one and a half years ago. I appreciate your insight and candor respectfully. Now, I won't give his name because I offer it, but the, the bottom line is, is that what's going on here is that I came out and told everybody, look, you've been bamboozled into believing you have to overpay for real estate for so long. And many people have joined since it's been that way. I was talking with uh, some of our consultants the other day and mentors, and that you've never even known when it's a normal market, where there is a buyer and a seller in the transaction. You've only known when the seller dictates and you bid each other out of Bolivian into overpriced sale. And now I have to go back and I'm going to take and create some new training classes, um, pull them out of the past, maybe whatever, make some new ones about how to negotiate when it's actually a buyer's market because people don't know how to do it. I found real estate agents don't know how to do it, right? I found mortgage company guys don't know how to do it. I found investors that absolutely don't know how to do it. And so when this gentleman sends me this email, he's saying, he recognizes that I just zeroed in on his frustration for a year and a half, why no deals made any sense. If you truly understand how to underwrite deals, the deals in the last year and a half haven't made any sense. They've been out of their minds since COVID. Prices have been way too high. Interest rates have been all over the place and rising. And so people are stuck upside down in bad deals. Now, what that does is that creates a massive amount of fear in the buying population, because these lead investors slash we'll call them syndicators in the outside world, they got to get their money from somewhere and they're getting it from passives. And all of a sudden, these passives are in deals that aren't cash flowing because they overpaid. And I know this is true. I, I watch a guy named Grant Cardone, which is all over the place, and he's a, he's a syndicator and he's big on the Internet. He's a, you know, one of these guys that's out there telling everybody what to do. And the interesting point is he doesn't talk about his own portfolio anymore. For years, all he talked about was his own portfolio and how you're going to get rich if you invest with him. All of a sudden, he's not saying a word about his own portfolio. Interesting point. I wonder, is it because his deals are not making any money and he knows if he starts mouthing off about how great his deals are that his investors, thousands of investors that are in his deals will start screaming back at him, no, they're not, tell the truth, Grant? Or is it the SEC has shut him down because for years he screamed about rates of return that I know he can't possibly be returning to people right now? I'm thinking, I don't know the guy. I don't know his deals. I've seen some of his deals. People put stuff in front of me. And, you know, the bottom line is I don't know for any factual comments, but I just have to perceive if you're doing great, aren't you out there bragging about your deals? And he's not out there bragging about his deals. He's not out there doing any 
testimonials about his deals. You should have his passes online every day saying, man, I am rich and retired from Grant Cardone's investments. But he's not. So obviously he's in the same boat that all these other syndicators are. He paid too much and there's no distributions. And if there are, many people in that situation might even start doing a Ponzi scheme. They might might start raising capital to be able to make enough money to give out some distributions to the people they've already got in the investment portfolio. And that's the beginning of the end for these guys. Now, I'm not saying he's doing that, but I'm saying, hey, that was what I would be watching if I was one of his partners, because I know the market, the prices he paid, those deals cannot be cash flowing very much, if any. And why am I getting this? Because that and all that reality is now set in on everybody is why people aren't buying when right now they should. In other words, Grant Cardone and every other online syndicator should be screaming at the top of their lungs, it's time to buy. And I've got to raise capital right now so I can get out there and buy. That's what they should be doing. Today we are discussing many topics, uh, some of which are coming from the mailbag. uh, But generally it's just an overall look at the fact that it's right now the greatest time that I've seen since 2008 to buy real estate. And I'm out there, and again, I don't tell you this to impress you, but to impress upon you that in November, I found like seven deals I wanted, and I limited myself to three. I went into letters of intent on four of them, actually, so I didn't limit myself. I went to four. Uh, one, One of them, I found that I was a little shaky on it, and I thought, well, I've got three great ones. I'll go ahead and let the shaky one go, and uh, somebody else bought it. It was a good deal, but somebody else bought it. I was looking for better deals. In fact, I just, a second ago, I mean, I'm just looking at my phone during the break, and I found another great deal. It just blows my mind how many of them there are out there. I'm going to go after this deal, too. And I've got three right now under contract. They're going to close before the end of the year, hopefully. It just blows my mind how good these deals are. But I've been sitting waiting. I've been saving money. I've been just sitting around, you know, hoarding cash and thinking, you know, okay, I'll buy one this year here and one there. And they were moderate deals, but they're not like they are now. Now the deals are incredible. And I'm going to buy all of them I can get because I remember last time when 2008, I bought five deals and then I sat on those five deals and I made a ton of money on those five deals. However, I should have bought 10 deals. And this time, I'm going to buy all 10 deals. I'm going to go all the way because doubling the amount of money I have now is a lot harder than doubling or tripling and quadrupling the money I had then. I'm going to need to go double, triple, and quadruple the amount that I buy to get the same kind of results in my net worth and my cash flow. So I will be doing that. Now, I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that, hey, guys, I'm telling you I'm in. I did this in 2008, made tons of money, and people who followed me made tons of money. It's time to be in. I'm not telling you to come to me to buy the real estate. I'm not telling you you have to do it through me. I'm not. I'm telling you, you better be out there doing this right now. Now, if you don't know how to do this, then you want my education. Absolutely get involved, and I will have our people take you by the hand, step by step through the whole process to make sure you buy the right stuff. But you've got to get excited. You've got to get out there, and you've got to do it now. Individual sent me an email. Uh, it's a syndicator. No, I'm sorry. It's a passive investor to syndicators outside of lifestyles. He's not in lifestyles deals. Uh, so he's, keep that in mind. This is not one of our, our members. It says, I was listening to your radio show on Tuesday, and one of the in- 
interviews, and I believe you preferred to have money. Sp- you preferred to have money spread across multiple deals versus more significant amounts in any fewer deals. Is that correct? And is this just for risk mitigation? It's absolutely correct, and it is totally risk mitigation. Um, the bottom line is, when I have control of the deals, when I own them myself, I'll pay all the money. I'll pay millions to buy them because I know I won't mess them up. And I know that they've been purchased at a price and terms that will work through ups and downs of real estate cycles. That's why I want to lot into any one good one because if I can find a good one, I want to lot in it for myself so I can make a lot of money and so I don't have to have 50 of them. You know, I'd rather have 10 of them than 50 of them, right? Um, But when I go and invest with other people, now remember, I'm a mega millionaire now, whatever that means to you. It's lots of millions. Um, I don't ever put more than fifty dollars to $100,000 in any one person's deal. I say, well, Dell, that's nothing to you. Exactly. It's nothing if they lose it. I don't care. I won't lose any sleep at all. So if you're out there and you're not a mega millionaire, I can't see you wanting to put more than fifty dollars to $100,000 in any one deal. So, but what if it's a great deal? That's fine. If it is, you'll be very happy. What if it's not? Now, a very large chunk of your money is sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. And there's lots of people out there right now that have that problem. As you read on, this guy goes on. I currently have 100000 in a San Antonio deal. It's a Class A. And I have 50000 in a Class C in Halton City, wherever that is. I have no idea where that's at. Now, think about this. So he starts out slow. He got 100000 in his first deal, 50000 in his second deal. Or maybe, don't know which one was first, but the way he explained it. But I have 300000 in a deal that consists of 20 properties, Class B, on the east side of Deep Ellum. I don't even know what Deep Ellum is, but it doesn't sound good. And we've, been, and we've, broken, we've broken the deal into four smaller LPs, limited partnerships, for easier divesture. So what this guy has done, he's bought into a gigantic syndication way, way, way large syndication that went and bought four properties all together in one part of town. I've seen guys do this stuff before and they almost always fails. I just, I've seen it over and over and over again. So this guy has now got, these guys got all these deals. They don't know what to do. So they're going to break them up into four different deals so they can divest them easily. Well, that's already meaning they want to divide, they want to divest. They're already talking about divestiture and not about making money with them. All of his money's wrapped up in one guy's deal in one location. And then he comes back with this, the rest of the comment, which really brings it to home. says, having 300 k in one deal has limited my other options. Of course it has. Any great deal that comes across your desk right now, you can't get in it. And as the deals get better over the next 12 months, because they're going to, because as these things fall out, the prices get better and better and better, as I note, the email I got just five minutes ago. The deal's as good as any deal I'm in right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, another one. And you can't take advantage of it because you're tied up in this deal with 300000 of your, your money. And But I loaded up because the growth in that area is still through the roof. Well, great. But what if it doesn't? What if this guy can't capture? What if this guy isn't the end-all, be-all that he's told you that he is or she is? I don't know who the, the syndicator is. It's not in our group. So he goes on and says, also, it's key to retiring 
Also, is the key to retiring from these multifamily deals to be the GP, general partner, which we don't even call a general partner here. We call it the lead. Was the LP for a maximum uh, return, the GP of the limited partnership, general partner of the limited partnership, to get the maximum return? I have good cash flow, but I couldn't retire. I'm a passive investor. I guess I need to put millions plus into these deals. Yeah, listen. If you're out there and you're seeing that these general partners, uh, which I call the syndicators, the guy that put the deal together, are making millions and millions of dollars, and you're making a small little cash flow, that's not going to retire you. Now, the passives in our deals, we're making great money because they're getting the heads up, same returns that the leads are, minus a small override. We have controls on those things. And because of that, our passives have retired. Many thousands of passives have retired just from passive income. This guy cannot and will not the way he's doing it. That's why you come here. That's why you get involved in a place where there are actual rules to what the lead investor slash syndicators can actually put out there on the marketplace so that the passives have a much better chance of retiring off their investments. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. A woman came up to me a couple years ago. She goes, you know, Dell, this retirement stuff's great and everything, but I got a problem. I go, what's that? She goes, I married my husband for good Bad, ugly for the rest of our life, better or worse. But not to have him at home with me every day. Get him out of here. Sound like a problem you'd want? Learn how to retire in five years or less. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. The next point I want to make out is that hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, foresight is hard to come by. And I keep sharing with you the same story that, hey, right now is the time to buy. It's unbelievable. You better get out there and do it. Um, that's foresight. Now, hindsight, here's some. Guy sent me an email in October. Now, I've never responded to it because I didn't really have the insight at the time to respond. Let me read the email to you. It says, any thoughts would be much appreciated. We thoroughly enjoy your update on Houston a few weeks ago. My wife, Angela, and I uh, watched this from home online. It says that we're preferred members and have been since 2016 or 17 and really appreciate your constant input and analysis as often as possible regarding the state of things. With the number of lead investors that have been putting deals out to us over the last couple of years with bridge financing, which I told everybody not to do, it is clear that they need more guidance from you along with their mentors as well. Thank you, Dell, for never changing. We appreciate you and the rest of the Lifestyles team. So what did they talk about? They sent me an article. says, I'm curious if you've seen this article. And it's an article by Rick Santelli. And this guy is pretty well-known uh, predictor of economic situations. I think he must be an economist. If not, he's an investor or something. I'm not sure what he is. Uh, the thing is, soundingline.com is where this is at. And long story short of this, it was on CNBC. This guy was, this is a live shot on CNBC. He's saying that the 10-year treasury could hit 13% this year. Now, remember, this article was done in October. In October, interest rates had been going up, had gone up every single 
meeting of the Fed for the entire year of 2023. By October, they had not slowed down yet. And this guy's saying, if this keeps going the way it's going, the the T-bill could hit 13%. Well, the bottom line is, is that in November, they stopped raising the rates. December, they have not raised it since to where we're at so far. So this guy was wrong. And that was his prediction. At the time in October, everything up to that prediction, I understood. I sensed it. It made sense. But there was no telling because the inflation lines, and if you look at the graphs, the inflation lines were going down. Interest rate lines were going up. And employment was going down. So everything was going towards the direction the Fed wanted it to go. And that's why I didn't comment and put this out there that interest rates could be 13 or whatever, because I didn't really feel that it made a lot of sense when everything seemed to be slowing. In other words, the Fed had slowed the inflation. The Fed had slowed the overemployment. And so with all these things being the way they were, it didn't seem to me that interest rates were going to go. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, so I didn't know enough to tell you this would happen. I didn't know enough to say I wasn't trusting what he was saying to be true. Since then, T-bills have gone down. Treasuries have gone down. Not up. They haven't continued to go up. They're going down. And so because of that, what that means is, is that we are now in a situation where we're getting these deals. They're still out there because they're falling apart, not because the interest rates are too high. It's because interest rates are too high for what they paid for things. It's the what they paid for, the price that's making these deals not work, and these adjustable rate mortgages, which are running out. And as they run out, they can't go back and replace them. So these deals are going to continue to fall out, even if interest rates go down a little bit. Now, I've also read articles and seen that most predictions are that interest rates are not going to go all the way back down, will never go all the way back down anytime soon. In other words, the average interest rate over the last 50 years has been 8% for commercial mortgages and residential mortgages. That's the average interest rate, 7.7, I believe it is. 7.7 is the average over the last 50 years. I'm going to tell you a story. And uh, it's a story about a guy... It was very religious. A lot of people, and I remember I I used to date a Hispanic girl. They had a very, very religious Catholic family. And I remember her sister saying to me, Del, everything has already been written in the book of life. Very, very strong Catholic belief, you know, that your life is predetermined for you. And if the Lord wanted me to be rich, Del, he would have made me rich. He would have given me the opportunities. And I said, but I am the opportunity. You can do what I say and you'll get rich. No, 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 no. If it were written in the book, it would come to me. I don't have to go seek it. I just have to let it come to me. God has all control. And I've never forgot this conversation I had with this young lady because her sister, I ended up retiring her in like, I think, late 30s maybe early 40s. I can't remember exactly how old she was, but she was young. 
And I bought her two apartment complexes and four rent houses and retired her. That was her sister. So her sister was now rich. But it didn't resonate with her, nor any of her other family members for that matter, that it could be done. Well, ever since I heard that from this lady, that the book of life and people that are religious believe that, you know, it's already been written for them, I've had to share this story that I heard a long time ago, which really brings it to light for me about religion and about believing that God has it all in for you, whether you're going to be successful or not has to do with God. And it's a story about a guy who lives in a cabin next to the Mississippi River. And I used to live down in St. Louis, the Mississippi River, man, when it rises, it floods everything out on both sides of the river. So if you've got a cabin along the river, it's going to flood. It's going to go down. That's all there is to it. They have them up on stilts most of the time, but even then sometimes they flood them out. So uh, there was this prediction. The weather was coming. It was storming up up river, and the river was cresting, was going to crest at something like 20 feet high. It was going to blow this thing away where this guy lived. So the sheriff was driving around getting people out, warning them in case they hadn't heard on the radio or TV or whatever that this was going to happen. And he comes to this guy's house, and he says, you know, you got to get out. You know, get out of it now. The guy goes, no. He says, look, I'm a great believer in Jesus Christ and my Savior, and he will save me. That's what Jesus Christ went to the cross for was to save us. So I'm sure that Jesus Christ is going to save me. He is my Savior. And the guy goes, man, I don't care who Jesus Christ is. He's going to save you if you stay here. I guarantee you. The guy goes, you're just a non-believer. You know, you're just one of those guys. You know, you're an atheist. You're whatever. A true believer of Jesus Christ would believe that he is our Savior and that all things could be put into his hands and taken care of. He goes, okay. You're a nut, I'm leaving. So he leaves, comes back later in a boat. The water had already got up to the house. The guy's sitting there. There's water in his house. He's sitting in his chair there, and his, his feet are wet. And He goes, man, get in the boat. Come on now. He goes, no, I'm a firm believer. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ will save me. All things, put all things in Jesus' hands. Put all things in God's hands, and they will take care of you. He says, okay, man, I don't have time to argue. I got to go save other people. So he takes off in his boat and goes save some more people. About an hour or so later, the water's cresting at the top of this guy's house. The guy's hanging onto the chimney at the top of the house. And the, uh, the sheriff comes by in a helicopter and he throws the rope ladder down. He says, get on the rope and screaming at him, get on the rope, get on the rope. And the guy goes, no, no, I'm a believer. I believe Jesus Christ went to his death for our, our sins and he's our savior and he will save me. And if you put all things in God's hands, blah, 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 blah. Guy's gone. So uh, later, guy's sitting up at the pearly gates. He meets St. Peter and he says, I don't get it, St. Peter. I've got to be one of the most devout believers that you've ever had. And I put all things into God's hands and in Jesus' hands, and no one saved me. Why? Peter looked at him and goes, what do you mean we didn't save you? We sent you a car, a boat, and a helicopter. They all tried to save you. You wouldn't let them. There you go. I'm trying to save you. You won't let me. Now, I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ or God or anything else. I'm saying in life, you have to take some responsibility for yourself, guys. You can't 
just say, I'm going to sit here and wait to see what life throws out at me, or you're going to end up with scraps. And many of you out there right now have scraps. You're living a life of quiet desperation. You're getting up every day. I had to go to the doctor the other day, so I actually had to drive in traffic. It drove me insane. I sat in bumper-to-bumper traffic for an hour and a half to get back home because I had to go to the eye doctor, and by the time I had to come back, it was 5 or 6 o'clock at night, and it was bumper-to-bumper. How do you guys do this every day? I couldn't believe it. An hour and a half to get there, an hour and a half to get back, bumper-to-bumper traffic, losing my mind, thinking, I don't ever put up with this stuff. You do it every day. My friends, you're living a life of quiet desperation. You're frustrated the government is, doesn't have programs that make sure that you have enough money to do the stuff you want to do with the kids and the family for the holidays you want to have and do. You're frustrated that somebody else won't do that for you through governmental affairs because you won't get off the couch and do something for yourself. That's your real problem, my friends. That's what will change your life. Not voting in a new president's going to do the right things for you. No. You need to get up and do something. We're sending you a Jeep, a boat, and a helicopter here. Please, Grab the ladder. Get up off the couch. Come do some. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.